coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gavkovitz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. The Making Business Profitable podcast is brought to you by eSquare Marketing. At ESM, we are your social media management team that puts your mind at ease. Not only can we help with your social media management services, but we can help with your paid advertising, email marketing, website design, video, and even podcast production. Visit us online at eSquareMarketing.com. Good day, Dave. Good day, Michael. How you doing, buddy? I'm trying to stand upright, man. Um, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we had an earlier podcast talking about wonderful Thanksgiving. And, bro, we have so much to be thankful for. I, oh, man. I, you know, I thank God for you. I thank God for our business and, and our clients and, of course, our families. There's, you know, so much to be thankful for. But... Uh, I drove down to Colorado Springs. Um, did you take your Did you take your roadster? I took my little roadster. <laughs> and uh, I twenty five. How smooth is I twenty five? I twenty five. You know, when you're in the Tahoe, it's got some bumps. When you're in the roadster, they're craters, man. <laughs> it's like going on the beaches of Normandy yeah. after it's been shelled. I'm trying to swallow my car. <laughs> and when my brother and I, you know, I'm sixty, my brother's fifty six, we get to my sister in law's house. And we're just looking at each other because we can't, we can't get out. Like, our backs don't work. And uh, so the roaster is good for blasting around town, going to dinner in. You don't want to put that thing on the road. Not, not, not now. I don't know. When I got it, and I had to get Crisco out and put it on the door frame so I could get it out of the thing. I mean, just had to slide in and slide out. I can't imagine. You get me in there for two hours. I'd still be in there today. <laughs> I was like to call my wife. Hey, could you uh, come out? Yeah, I thought she was hilarious when you said, Reggie looked at you and said, hey, uh, can we Uber back? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, that was crazy. So uh, what are you talking about today, man? Well, you know, I think it's this time of the year where we should talk about, you know, how important is it to do year in planning or is it important to do year in planning? Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people just don't, man. They take one day at a time, and they they just try to get through that day, and and they don't think about tomorrow. All they think about is today, and and what winds up happening is they do instead of doing ten years, they do one year ten times when you do that. Absolutely. I mean, planning is how you set goals and how you follow a north star. I mean, it's like doing things without a strategy. Yeah. So if we start with, uh, you know, that, that, that North Star, we start with, uh, you know, mission, vision, values. And, and that sounds, uh, if you've been in a large corporation, the executives go away and they come back with a three-ring binder full of crap and it's the, the new mission and the new vision and the new values. That's not what we're talking about for a small and medium-sized company. Um, it's, it's uh, much less work to identify the mission, vision, and values of the small to medium-sized company. Um, the owner should know them intuitively, but you know you can also make it a, a 
company-wide uh, event where you, you know, we just kind of, what do you guys think our mission, vision, and values is? But, but certainly you have to have the mission, vision, and values of the organization. Um, or like you said, you just don't have a true north. You don't have a north star. You, you just, uh, you bought yourself a job and you have a place that you go to work. That's right. That's right. And your customers, they know. <laughs> they know what your values are by by your output, right? They right they can kind of guess your mission because it's obviously not them, or it's hey, I'm hyper vigilant. They could probably tell you what your mission mission and values are because that's your output, and they see that every day. But it's really hard to operate and stick to one mission, one set of values if you don't write them down and have them up on a wall or something, something to follow, right? Yeah. So how do you? I mean, how do you market? How do you market your company if you don't have, if you don't know where you are or where you're going? Well, you know, we are really proud of our brand promise, and our brand promise is to double the valuation of our clients in three years. And that's a, we think it's a very compelling brand promise, and for our clients it's very compelling. Um, But it also tells us who we are, and, and and it's our marketing message. All of our marketing message revolves around our profitability statement of we're going to double your value in three years. And so... Uh, I mean, there's two things. There's two things about ETS. I mean, EBITDA growth systems. It is our brand promise. You know, we guarantee a double valuation of, of your company in three years. And two is we like to impact lives through improving business performance. It's, there's nothing better... There's nothing better than to saddle up with an owner and be a partner to them, be a coach, lead them, and see them in a year or two where two years ago they had a second mortgage in their house. It was maxed out. They're maxed out on their credit line. They're barely making it. And all of a sudden they have a little, little cash. Yes. And to improve lives, it's what gets Mike and I up in the morning. It's, it's so, so fulfilling. It's yeah. so awesome. And, and uh, how would we do that if we didn't have, you know, a vision, our, our mission and values and our brand promise. I mean, how do you, how do you remember why you're doing what you're doing? And, and so Dave, I mean, how many P&Ls have we looked at? Uh, 200, 250 P&Ls for small and medium-sized business. And I'm telling you, I, I don't know that I've ever seen one with more than 2% of revenue um, dedicated to marketing. It's typically less than a percent like a half percent, a quarter of a percent. And, you know, if you're, not, if you're not marketing, that's why you don't have a brand promise. Or you don't have a brand promise, therefore you're not marketing. But you kind of have to know who you are from a mission, vision, value standpoint. And then from a brand promise standpoint, what are you committing to your client to do for them? And then you can market that. So, I mean, how do you get the next job and the next client? I mean, you just, you can, is it hope? Is it... I mean, how do you do that? I mean, how do you continue to grow? Because the one thing, and I'll probably say this a number of times in this podcast, if you're doing nothing, you're going south. I mean, you're not growing north. The best you can ever hope for is staying the same, unless you're just lucky. You know, you can, there's luck, right? Yeah. But luck could be one job, and that one job can go away, and then you get bad luck, right? Well, you know, this is something you and I have been talking about a lot in the last quarter or so. And that is, you know, what is the shelf life of a product back in 1970? I mean, it was probably five years. What's the shelf life of a product today? I mean, 
You're, you're talking information. Yeah. You're just talking information. Shelf life of marketing information and information today is a matter of minutes or seconds. It's a matter of minutes and seconds. So you, that's the environment that your business is operating in now. So to do nothing, it used to be, well, you would lose a little bit of ground perhaps. Well, today in this fast-moving marketplace where everything is in flux and you don't have a plan, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how you make I don't know how you make it through it without a plan because it's moving so fast. Well, I mean, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Sure. So, I mean, it's, it's the, I, we've seen so many companies that do the same thing over and over again. It's it's the one year, 10 times instead of 10 years, and they, they're flat. The growth is flat, and that's that's really why you plan. You know, So your growth isn't flat, and you plan because we really want, and you hopefully you really want to learn and to grow. And even if you stay the same dollar amount, do you do it better? Do you drop more to the bottom line? How do you, how do you make it a place? How do you, how do you become the employer of choice? Sure. Unless you stand for something, right? Yeah. I mean, also, you really, I mean, next thing is goals and objectives for the next year, right? Yeah. I mean, and we like, we like three. Five is probably the outer limit because that's just a lot. These are big, hairy, audacious goals. So... You know, you set them and you pursue them. You put a plan around the pursuit of them. And we always say the plan isn't what's important. It's the planning that's important because it's that process of reviewing and making decisions about where you're heading and then making mid-course corrections as things arise. And uh, you may have a plan to do one thing and you end up doing something entirely different, but that's okay because you planned all through the process. Yeah, uh, it's uh, any reputable company, regardless of where they are or, or what uh, what market they're in, any company that does well and they're reputable, they have a solid financial plan and, and a financial target strategy for the following year. They have a solid operations plan. This is what we're going to accept. This is what we're not going to accept. You know, And they know always who the next person up is, right? So you always have... So these companies that are successful... The larger companies that are successful, they always do this. And it's usually due by November of every year. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. So before Thanksgiving, they already have the next year mapped out. And they'll even bolt it down to what type of customer, what customer, and how much revenue, and how much revenue per month, and, and what your expenses are per month. And they'll know this is the money we're going to spend on whether it be equipment or hiring or whatever. They'll have all that lined out in that plan. So... If you wonder why they're successful, you know, successful companies, that's what they do. If, if, and you'll see a lot of companies that don't do that and they're just not in that same, same sphere, yeah. sphere right? So, I mean, if you want to be the next uh, Pratt & Whitney or you want to be the next Google or the next Johnson Johnson, I mean, you kind of got to, you don't, I'm not saying to act big and corporate, nothing like that, but you have to have to have the basic plan Otherwise, you don't have any railroad tracks to put your train on, right? Sure. And the pushback we typically hear is, how can we forecast revenue for next year? We have no idea what the revenue will be for next year. Well, if you had started planning five years ago, every year you'd get better and better. And by now, you would have a pretty good idea of what next year's uh, revenue is going to be. Um, yeah, we'd look, we'd look back a year or two or three and identify trends and say, this is where you yes, were. Yes. Uh, what do you think you could do? And then we challenge it. We go back and forth. We, I mean, it's it's a, it's an eight-hour, you know, go through the throws, have a conversation, 
boulder it all down, then go back and revisit it a couple times, test it, you know, and then make any mid-course corrections as you go. But, I mean, you can, I don't know, I don't even understand how you could do it without it. Well, this is what we also see, Dave. We, we, we see companies operating at 60 $65 an hour, and uh, they aren't doing any marketing. So next year, the work that they do get will be at 60 to $65 an hour. And how do you break that cycle? Well, you have to market to different clients that are going to be, you know, you can work $200 an hour. Now, that might require some ISO certs and that type of thing. Yeah, because if you're doing $65 an hour and you buy a $500,000 machine, all you're doing is losing money faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And these things are also interrelated. So, hey, we want to make more money. We want to make more profit. What we're saying is that you probably need to move further upstream in terms of uh, your client and the, and the work that you're doing. But how do you get there? Um, well, you know, there's going to be CapEx, there's OpEx, there's operational metrics to make you more efficient so you can generate more cash and not have to borrow as much. Uh, you have to train your frontline managers so that you can retain your employees because if you're turning over employees, you can't imagine how much that's costing you. Um, next man up, not only for the owner, but for other key positions, are you uh, cross-training people so that you don't lose ground when someone gets sick or gets hurt or quits? Um, hope is not a strategy, Dave. I mean, and we just see so many small and medium-sized businesses, and that's it. Well, I'm hoping next year is better. Well. That would be, I mean, that's just You're serendipity, yeah. You're betting on luck. I mean, it's, if COVID has taught us anything, it's taught us about secession. I mean, what happens when the owner gets sick and they're down and out for a month? What happens when your number one person in your business gets sick and they're down and out for a month? Or maybe they don't come back. They're not able to. I mean, we've seen that hit businesses in a huge way. How do you, how do you navigate that without, hey, I'm trick who's... I have Bob and I have Sue, and they're aces in what they do. And I don't, not, not going after a rhyme thing here, but I mean, what do you do about backing them up? So not only if they get ill, but what about them taking vacation because they earn vacation? Sure. What sure. happens when they're out? You know, how do you do that? So how do you do that without planning and training and investing in your people? And there's more statistics in Quaker Scott Oats as far as if you don't train and lean into your people, they won't be your people very long. They're going to go be someone else's people. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to continue to drive to invest in your people, but you have to have a plan and how to do it. It can't be a shotgun approach. Otherwise, you don't have a set of train tracks to keep you going in one direction, right? That's right. So the question is, how is important? How important is it to do your planning? And I'll fill in the gap you know, for a 10 or 15 person company, because that's what these small and medium sized business owners are thinking. Well, yeah, I think your planning is great, but you know, we're just a 10 to 15 person company. It's even more important for a 10 to 15 person company because the resources are so limited. And it turn, they turn so fast. I mean, a small yeah. company can, one job can turn a shop north and one shop can turn a shop south. They, they, one job can change your P&L, one job. Absolutely. So that's a, it's a big deal. So. How important is it? Uh, I guess the question is, how important is it to you to stay where you are or grow? Because if it's not important, then planning isn't important to you. If it's important that your business sustain where it's at or grow or make more profit, then it's crazy important. Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike.
EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.